Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Veronica Anderson is an MD, and for her that means many dimensions. She's a surgeon, a mother, a black belt, and a two-time marathon runner, here to talk to you about your health, your happiness, and your world. It's Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Veronica. Welcome to Wellness for the Real World, a fun edition of Wellness for the Real World. We are going to talk about sex and senior citizens, and we're not going to talk about the ones that aren't doing it. We're going to talk about the ones that are doing it. And guess what? We want to hear how to make life spicy so you want to live a long time because Sex is one of the keys to longevity. You know why Methuselah lived 969 years? Because he was having lots of sex. You know why Abraham lived all those years? He was having sex with Sarah. Guess what? Sex is the spice of life, and it is why we are here. And we wouldn't be here if people weren't having sex. Now, a couple weeks ago, I did the show God and Sex, and all the God people were telling us, that we're not supposed to be having sex, especially those of us who aren't married. But you know what? What happens is when you get married, your sex gets boring, and so you don't want to have sex anymore, so you tell everybody else they're not supposed to have sex. But after having said that, I'm sure we have some people on on our line who want to argue with us about that statement. And I want to talk to vital seniors. I have a woman on my show today who is a professed cougar, well into her senior years. I have a gentleman who has reappeared on our show and always has profound things to say. He's a rabbi that tells us that we should have an intimate life, and including seniors. So I want to also let you know we have our co-host on, Russell. You guys know Russell. Say hi to us, Russell. Hello to you all, uh, Russell. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to have a fun show today. Yes. And guess what? Um, I love the woman. I'm, I'm just waiting to talk to the woman who's a cougar because I say I'm a pro- professed cougar, and I think I found a little boy to play with, and I'm just so happy. Yes. So we're not going to talk about the little boy I'm playing with. We're going to talk to our senior citizens now. So, Russell? <laughs> yes. Well, on that note, um, when will we talk about that, Veronica? Uh, our first guest is a is a woman named Joan Price, who is a very interesting lady. She calls herself a senior sexpert, and she is the author of a book called Better Than I Ever Expected: Straight Talk About Sex After City After Sixty, and um, also has a blog that's very popular. It's actually ranked number ten of the top one hundred sex blogs. Whoa! So, how about that's that? Joan's huh? blog. That's Joan's blog. Joan Price. Are you there, Joan? I'm here, absolutely. I'm loving what you're saying. Oh, let me just say, I I know. Hi, Joan. How are you? It's Dasa Veronica. Hi. It's great to talk to you. And I want to just say I see your uh, website is called nakedatourage.com. So, people, you might want to go there or to joanprice.com. Is it nakedatourage.com? Is it a very highly rated blog? Naked at our age dot com, right, is the blog Beautiful. about sex and aging. So tell me how how okay, would would you mind sharing your age with us? I'm sixty seven, proud of it. Sixty seven and proud of it. I love to yeah. hear that. And how did you become a sexpert? 
I actually call myself an advocate for ageless sexuality. And I became that because at age 57, I fell in love with a man who was 64 after we had both been single for decades. And we were experiencing such a hot, spicy, wonderful relationship, sexually and emotionally, that I went looking for books on the topic and couldn't find a darn thing that was what I was looking for, so I wrote my own. Ah, okay. So what is your what is your, your book is called? The book is Better Than I Ever Expected, Straight Talk About Sex After 60. And there's another one coming in about two months called Naked at Our Age, uh, Oh, dear, talking out loud about senior sex. Almost forgot the subtitle. Naked at our age, talking out loud about senior sex. And that's coming in a couple of months. Okay, so tell me, you wrote this book because you went to go find out about sex in older individuals, and there were none there. What Well, the thing is, is that sex after 50, 60 is really amazing, but it's not the same as when we were in our 20s or 30s. It's very different. And so I thought, well, you know, maybe I can pick up some information, some pointers, have have the find out what other people have to say about it. But the books that were available, of the very few that were available, were mostly doom and gloom. You dry up, you wither away, you might as well stop and go knit. That's so, not what I was looking for. I was looking for something that was sexy and fun to read as well as informative. So tell us, you said sex is amazing in older people, and um, it's very different than when you're young. So expound upon those two things. First, what is different between when you're younger and when you're an older individual? For one thing, this is the first time in our lives that men and women have actually been well-matched because it takes a long arousal time for both genders. And for women, it always has, so it's even longer now. For men, it didn't used to be. It was get up and go, get in, get out, go away. And now the men want a long warm-up time also. They need more stimulation. And so this is just absolutely wonderful for us women because we're finally able to take as much time in what we used to call foreplay but that I don't like the word because that's saying that that's before real sex. That is real sex. It's all real yeah. sex. And, and From, what do you say is more amazing about it now versus when you were younger? What's amazing is that we come to a relationship now after decades of experience. We know ourselves. We know not only our own sexuality, what we like, what we don't like, what we're looking for, what pleases us, what turns us on, what gives us pleasure, but we also know in relationships. We've made our relationship mistakes. Hopefully we've made them all, maybe not for everybody. And we're ready now. We come to each other seasoned, as I see it, with that kind of knowledge, wisdom almost. So now one of the things that you say is you're a sex activist and you ran against the stereotypes of our society, and I don't know why you still have these stereotypes, but some of them are that people who are older are asexual or pathetic or ludicrous. Now let me just say that there's an individual in our society right now that's not asexual but kind of pathetic and ludicrous and 
I, I, you know, we did a show on this about a month back, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> when, when we think about older men having sex, I think that for older men that's the dream, that they're going to be with a 24-year-old woman. But we look at that and say, ew, and both men and women say, ew. Um, and so to think of it as pathetic and ludicrous, Hugh Hefner, <laughs> um, well, and, that, and that's but, my own opinion, and other people may see it another way. And I but if Hugh Hefner were, were um, feeling sexy about a woman his age, we wouldn't see it as ludicrous and pathetic, right? Well, he kind of looks like a pedophile to me. Um, but, <laughs> well, <laughs> excuse me. But, but me our society has thought of older people as asexual for so long. And they're only not now because the boomers are standing up and saying, hey, listen, we invented sex. We're not giving it up now. <laughs> well, but do you think that what really has happened is now we're talking about it more versus that people are doing it more? Yes, and I'd love to take some of the credit for that because I've been endlessly talking about it for five years since Better Than I Ever Expected came out. And... Before that, people were really wanted to talk, but they were sort of shy about it because who wanted to listen? And now we've got not only people wanting to talk, but people who are willing to listen. And in fact, I often get younger people at my workshops because they want to know what to expect when they get older, now that they realize there's something different than what they always grew up thinking. And so what the younger people that come to your workshops, what do you tell them? What should well, they expect? The uh, Well, you know, we don't sugarcoat the challenges. There are challenges. There are physiological challenges. In uh, the longer arousal time, the lowering of libido, the lessening for women of lubrication and for men the undependable erections. And, and so it's not that uh, I'm saying this is a, a, a fairyland of amazing sex, don't worry about a thing, but... And the reason for the new book, Naked at Our Age, is that for every challenge, there are solutions. And that's what people often don't know because they don't talk about this out loud, is you don't have to just accept that these changes are happening in your body or in your brain and and just give up then. Got because there are, there are so many solutions. And my new back, book, in fact, is filled with tips from 45 experts who came on board to address these concerns. And, and so besides uh, lack of lubrication for women and undependable erections, I think pretty much men and women know about those two things. What are a couple of the other challenges of sex in somebody who is maturing? We are not driven by hormones now, so our turn-on isn't automatic. It used to be for both men and women, really. I mean, for women, we still might need more warm-up, but still the interest in it was automatic. And now that we're not biologically driven, we have other reasons to want to be sexual. We have reasons of um, wanting emotional closeness, wanting to be touched, wanting the pleasure of, uh, of stimulation and orgasm, um, wanting the deepening of a relationship. So... The reasons are different. If we don't expect that we're um, 21-year-olds hot to trot and we instead look inside at what we really want, who we really are, we can deepen those those things we want. Is that okay. making sense? 
Yes. So now what you're saying is that the reasoning has changed. Before, it was really just sort of that urge to procreate. Yeah. What and we weren't even say? aware that that was an urge to procreate. It was because we yeah. were hardwired for that. Yeah. We thought it was coming because, oh, he's really cute, so I'm turned on. No, you're turned on because you're fertile. And <laughs> and, uh, and we weren't really in touch with what why the why of what was happening to us. And now we can be more. So it isn't what, any less satisfying. It's just different. What age would you say that there's a switchover in the urge to procreate versus the – it looks like people want more relationships as they get older, and that's why the sex comes in. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's part of it. Um, some people still would like to have, just have sex for its own sake because it feels good. But it's still not the ur- it's not hormonally driven like it was. It's not um, there's no fertility involved, in other words. So it's it's coming from a different place, emotional place, uh, physical too. You know, certainly we want that stimulation. It feels good. It's supposed to feel good, and it does feel good. But as for when this starts, um, for women, I think it starts before menopause, um, generally in the the uh, perimenopausal time. When we're so, um, <laughs> I always thought that perimenopause felt like PMS on steroids, and, and so there wasn't much time to think about anything else except how to rein in these amazing, crazy feelings I was having. But then after menopause, there's that wonderful understanding that we don't have to worry about getting pregnant anymore. We so can have for, sex just for the pleasure of it. What, what I what I said is, <laughs> being over forty, I'm like, hey. You know what? With life begins at forty. Yeah, um, it does. <laughs> um, I, I think all the younger years are wasted. But hey, <laughs> life begins at forty, and what you're saying is, yeah, it begins at forty, and it gets better as you go up. It does. So, and well, that's, I think that's wonderful to hear because for people who are approaching their senior years, now we have this is 2011. I think was it this year, the first year that the baby boomers are becoming 65. <laughs> it had to happen. <laughs> yes, finally. It's like get out the way. But keep having You know what? That's they were fine. more worried about turning thirty than they are about turning sixty five. Do you notice? Yes, yes it, it is true. But I want to thank you, Joan, for being on. Naked at our age dot com is your blog. And Correct. your your current book is better than I ever expected. Your new book coming out, Naked at Our Age, talking out loud about senior sex. When is that going to be out? That's coming out in June. In June, Yahoo. So everybody look at Naked at Our Age and look at that blog and talk about sex in in older people because it used to be we thought that was an oxymoron. Now we know that this is normal. Exactly. Joan, if you can stay with us, that's wonderful. I'm going to have Russell bring on some more of our guests. Well, well, I believe I'm about actually, to go Joan, do a workshop, so I'll have to say goodbye to you now. Ah, exactly. Okay. I'm going to actually talk live about sex, sex after 60. <laughs> okay, so you you do that so that when when our when all of our time comes, we can come to you as the expert. The I'd same. love it if you do that. Thanks so much, Joan. Thank you for all you do, Veronica. Well, our next guest is um, somebody that I think you're going to like, Veronica. Her name is Hattie, Hattie Wiener. And she has a website called holisticallyhattie.com. She describes herself as a 74-year-old cougar. She hosts a radio show. 
I'm sorry. I, I sit here and I'm reading about all my guests as Russell's telling you about her. Hattie is my hero. <laughs> Let me tell you why Hattie's my hero. Hattie is my hero because Hattie has done a nude photo shoot. Okay? Now, we're going to bring on Hattie because I'm waiting to be able to do my nude shoot. And I figured, well, I missed it in those younger years. And now I know I still have hope because I got it. Hattie has a lot of years <laughs> on me and she's done it. So. Hattie, can welcome, we welcome Hattie. to the show? Welcome, Miss Veronica. I I have a lot of years on everyone. <laughs> and uh, I have to tell you, it's quite shocking for me as well, really, truly so. Uh, I was a dancer, and I was always very, very sexual, darling. And as I looked at older people, I said, oh, my God, I'll never be like that. I'll never be like that. So I came from a very negative feeling about aging, uh, that it would take everything away. And when I started to experience my own aging, and I'm sure that, that you're feeling certain things yourself that might be frightening for you and the boom is frightening, I was frightened too. And then I said, well, I'll either be the victim of time or the victor over time. Yes, so I no, worked over time on that. <laughs> Let me tell you, I mean, I'm, uh, Hattie is our professed cougar, and I see that, Hattie, you've dated and had sex with men that are half your age. Yeah, go, 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 okay? That's all I have to say, because one of the things that when you say feeling frightened, <clears throat> excuse me, let me just tell you what I feel frightened of. I ended up, I'm in my 40s, I end up divorced. Most people look at me and think I'm much younger than my age. And I look at the men who are my contemporaries and older, and I said, if i got to have sex with men who are my age and older, I'm going to be a nun. Pure and simple, I'm going to be a nun. <laughs> Let me just tell you, before I did my show tonight, I've been, I'm, I'm still coughing a little bit, but I've been you know, a little under the weather. I you know, ran myself down and got sick, and I haven't been doing my normal exercise. And so all of a sudden I started feeling good again, and the urge to exercise came back. And I was taking my son to school, and I said, I've got to go for a run. I've got to go for a run. I have an hour and 15 minutes to go for a run, take a shower, and get on the radio show. Guess what? I went for a run, took a shower. Guess what? If I'm going out and taking a run and going my five miles showering and getting on the radio show in an hour and 15 minutes, I need a man who can keep up with me. And a lot of the men can't keep up with you at an age. I'm not going to just all of a sudden stop. Is this the kind of thing that you are noticing, too? I'm much younger than my age. My spirit is young. My body is young. My desires are young. And I'm dealing with men who are my age who, because of physiology, because of medical problems not keeping up, because you've just got an old mind and you think that life is winding down, you're not keeping up. So is that how you started on the cougar well, trail? Well, my dear, that is how it happened. Uh, I initially started dating people who were the age of my husband when I got divorced, which was about 50. So I was 48, he was 50, and, you know, we were going at it. We were both dancers. So I figured, okay, I'm divorced after 25 years. I'll get out there and find a man, and I found a man who was about 50. Well, it seemed okay, great sex, because I was used to great sex, and I was going to continue to have great sex. But then he turned out to be a heavy drinker, so I left him. Then I said to myself, wait a minute, Hattie, you're the same person you were before you were married, like sexually. Besides which, adding to that, you're freer, you're more confident. So how's about just subtracting the 25 years you were married and go for guys 
25 years younger than people who you're with. So I put an ad in the paper. In those days, there was no Internet. And I said, you know, that older beauty seeks young lover. Well, you can imagine that there was a line around the block. And that's when I realized that many young men really are are lusting for you, Veronica. They are. But unless you let them know, yeah, honey, it's true. Unless you let them know that it's okay, they're going to be embarrassed to approach you. So you have to get over your own embarrassment or reluctance or your own inner judge that says, you know, are you a cradle snatcher? I was, you know, I thought it was like weird at the beginning, but I took that 25 years off and I said, let me just start as that sexy woman all over again. And then I started dating men under 35 and it was remarkable. And I did it for quite a long time and I kept looking for a life mate. Well, people would say, what do you want? What do you want to go to bed with a 35 year old? And I mean, it's like ridiculous. What do you mean? Why would you want to go to bed with a 35 year old? Yeah, right. That's so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a stupid question that I would answer. Well, we're thinking of starting a family. Give me a break. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the other the other misnomer out there is yes. that when you date somebody who's younger, especially if they have ne- not necessarily had children, that they're going to throw you away because they're going to have the urge to have children and blah 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 blah. Well, what some of them do. Oh, tell us about I- that. Yeah, well, some of them actually do. So there, there is really, you have to compartmentalize who are these people and what what is it that you might have with them. Well, there were people that you're just very attracted to, physically very attracted to. You make sure you have condoms, and it's like a smorgasbord, you know, a buffet. Safe sex. <laughs> I love you, Hattie. He's even talking safe sex. Now, let me safe just, sex. i got I to diverge on the safe sex thing. Because seniors, go out and enjoy yourself, but practice safe sex. Even though you cannot get pregnant, sexually transmitted diseases, including HIV, are going up and up and up in the highest in the senior population. They're they're just spiking up because people are out there having a good time. So have a good time, but use condoms, please. Use I'm so condoms. glad you okay? said that. So I'm, that, that's my commercial. Great. My commercial on that is a PSA song I made up. I love my body. I love my soul. I love my sex because that's my role. But when I see your big erection, I rush and slip on your protection. You all know that I love my joy, but I don't want to end up with no dead boy. Oh, got it. <laughs> well, now, um, I, 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 I hear that you've been on Howard Stern, and that must yes, have been have. a while since. Tell us. When you were on Howard Stern, did you, like, sit up there in the Howard Stern studio with no clothes on? Well, I was ready to take my top off, absolutely. Now, I have a story I tell Veronica and also Liz and Russell. My story about how this all happened was that I'm up in heaven, I mean, on a line, and there's this very, very long line saying, I want a great career, long, long lines draping all around the universe. And then there are other long, long lines, I want money, I want money. And then I'm standing up there on a line all by myself. This is the wishes line. So God says to, to the people he works with, his crew, listen, those lines are very, very big. There's that woman over there. Let's find out what she wants. She's the only one on that line. <laughs> so they come up to me and they say, what is it you want? And I said, don't let my tits drop. <laughs> oh, well, you know, these days all you need to know is a good plastic surgeon. That's no, darling. 
uh, I, I, that's another thing that, you see, one of the reasons that I'm not ashamed at all of being naked and of having sex and loving my body and loving my skin is I've had no surgery, I've had no drugs, I've had no shots, nothing. It all comes from emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Yes. That's what it comes well, you know from. what? Let me say, I think that's a beautiful thing, and it, you are blessed that you are able to do it that way. The reason why I speak on wellness for the real world is because I believe there are all types of alternatives for living out there, both holistic mm-hmm. and if people choose not holistic. And yes. so if people feel that the right answer is for them to have cosmetic procedures, get a wonderful plastic surgeon. There's nothing wrong with it as far as I am concerned. So I'm not right. going to – I don't judge people, and I say if no. you have something that's going to make you feel better, by all means go for it. So if you are blessed because God just made your anatomy so you have a perfect form and it stays that way through your senior years, fabulous. But if not, if you're less confident because – something dropped or there's a little extra here or there, there are now very safe procedures and lots of them that can be done in office under local anesthesia or even less than that that you can do to enhance the way you look or and, and feel better. Now let me just tell you the other thing. <clears throat> Women, I have... Well, I mean, I, I keep myself in shape, but I think that women are more critical of their bodies than Terribly the critical. men are of what they're finding and seeing. Okay, so I have found that, now maybe I just I hang out with a lot of women who are in very good shape too, um, but I think that that women are more critical than men of of how they how their body looks. Now, I, I'm certainly, if you're, you know, way obese and all this other type of stuff. I'm not kind of talking about that, but there are men who are into that too. So I just feel that get comfortable with yourself, and if you're being loving and kind to people, um, I think that a lot of the things that we think matter look-wise don't matter really all that much. What do you think Absolutely. about that? Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. If if women feel they have to have some surgical procedure, you have to make choices that never hurt anyone. And whatever you can do, and I find this a radical thing to say, I say to people, please, please love yourself. Love yourself because that's the gift back to God, the eternal parent. And you don't want to, you don't want to make, your maker say, oh, I've made a mistake with that woman. Each and every person has a unique beauty. And look, I'm 74. I'm a real person. I'm a grandmother. Um, I I teach people about holistic living, about sexuality, but also to love, to give love and receive love. Now, if you combine that feeling of love and that feeling of sexuality to whomever you need to do that with, as long as you there are no lies, no cheating, and safe sex. Those are the, the main tenets of my sexuality. No lies, no cheating, and safe sex. Then you can combine your passion, your lovingness, your caring, your sweetness, your fineness, your excitement. You can pull it all together in a beautiful, beautiful context of self-love and and sharing self-love through naked bodies. Wow, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful thing, Veronica. Thank you so much, Hattie. Your book, your memoir, Sex and the Senior Single, A Cougar Search for Love, 
And you also do a learning, excuse me, annex series, Strain Sex, Cougars and Cubs. Um, airs internationally monthly. So can we find out what's going on with you going forward on HolisticallyHattie.com? Is that how we find yes. you? Yes, that's Holistic. my blog, and I'll be right, I've already written about sexuality, and mostly that even Joan said beautiful things about desire. Well, desire is something that keeps growing as you find the beauty in life altogether. As you keep generating beauty, the sexuality is life force. I have a attitude, and it says the opposite of old isn't young. The opposite of old is new. Interesting. And that renewal is something that you do, as I can hear you say that. And as everybody brings that into themselves, just know that you can generate freshness, newness, care, love, Spin it, spin it till the rest of your life. Don't give up. You can rest, but don't give up. Well, I want to be on Howard Stern with Hattie. (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell Howard to tell him to bring on Hattie and Dr. Veronica. (laughs) Do you want to take your top off, Dr. Veronica? Well, see, I think bodies are beautiful. I'm a doctor. I think a lot of people, it's not just about sex. It's about, you know, I'm healthy, and so I think because I'm on the inside, I'm healthy. I'm beautiful on the outside, too. And so, look, if you all have a problem with it and all this type of stuff, that's fine. But, sure, I'd go go take my top off. I think that's terrific, right? Now, the producer, you know. The next thing will happen, the happens, I'll get the phone call and I'll say, uh-uh, that wasn't me who said that. Anyway, <laughs> I want to I wanna thank you, Hattie, for being on Wellness for the Real World. And if you could stick around, great. I would love that. I would and love to, have, yeah. I'm going to have Russell introduce our next guest. Well, you know, Hattie, um, you know, the inner love, the constant renewal, that's that's very inspiring. But I think we really all want to know a little more about your new photos. Oh, the um, new photos. My new photos. Oh, but of where course. Do we, where do we find the new photos? <laughs> Tell everybody. Well, the, the, the exciting part of that is, well, I, I um, was a model, and I was picked up by Dolce & Gabbana. And they put me in, um, I was in a gold bathing suit, and the photographer said, sit next to that young guy, and said to the young guy, look at Hattie adoringly, and he did. And it came out in Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Vanity Fair, W. And then all of a sudden people were coming up to me in the street and saying, are you that cougar in the ad? Are you that cougar in the ad? And all of a sudden the idea of cougar just blew wide open. And the Learning Channel had me on a series called Strange Sex, and I starred in it. I was the star of it, and that had to do with me going on a date with a very young man half my age. Well, apparently when these shows are, are all around and I'm on Joy Behar and Inside Edition, some and, and, and uh, Howard Stern people are saying, this woman, she really means it. And it isn't just that I'm talking philosophically about sex. No way. I'm taking my top off, honey. And I am being truly sexual, which is way, way, way different than anybody ever thinks of a senior. Like, like, you know, it's like, what a kind of curiosity is this? Well, if I didn't have a beautiful body, maybe it would be a curiosity. But my body is such, I'm like a spokesperson for being a gorgeous, older, sexual woman. Follow my lead. So... Uh, All of a sudden, I get an email, and it's from a group in Florida, and they say, we want want to feature you as the oldest uh, nude model. And 
I think, oh, well, this isn't nice for my image. I'm, I do therapy with people, whatever. And I thought about it. Not nice for my image? What is this to tell people this woman can take her top off and open her heart and open her mouth and speak about the beauty of aging? I'll be nude for this. No problem. And so I'm going down to Florida on April 4th, and I'm going to have photographs taken of me. I specified no porno, no porno, no spread, just like a gorgeous woman in the museum. And I don't care who looks at this. I don't care who jerks off to it. That's I'm not making judgments of it. I'm just saying female beauty, respect it. And if I'm supposed to be the nude form, that's the forerunner, that's at the vanguard of older women loving themselves and loving sex, God bless them. Well, you know, you God know, bless when, it. When, when you get the photos, you, you must send us photos because we have to say this woman was on our show. I'm honored to have you. Thank you, Hattie. That's, it's such you a great want, story. I think it's inspiring, so I'd love to. And shoot, where do you I want the I'll, photos I'll, sent, darling? I, I, we'll, 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 Russell will be in contact with you. And we'll I'll get in touch with you, can, and we'll figure it out, okay? <laughs> okay. My male fans will be saying, where's those pictures, too? So. I just want to make certain that young people, not just old people, that young people know that they do not have to give up on their joy and their pleasure and their bodies and their sexuality. We don't want old age to be a litany of this disease and that disease and this discouragement and that discouragement. No, 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 no. What we want to do is make aging an adventure, an opportunity, a gift that takes work, but it's more than worth it. Well, thank, thank you. So much, you take Abby. a lot of the you take a lot of the terror out of aging for a lot yes. of us. We tell you. Yes. <laughs> All That's right. That's the well, naked truth, honey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, our next guest. What do you say we go to a uh, a seasoned professional next? We have with us a sex therapist and psychiatrist who has been with us before previously. Actually, her name is Dr. Susan Delaney. And she is with us now. Can you hear me, Susan? I can hear you. Um, Dr. Veronica and Russell, thank you so much for having me back. Thank you so much for being back on. So now as a professional, tell us what your observations are and your advice are towards people who are aging and sexuality. Now, I mean, let me just say, I... As a, as a looking from a, a standpoint of a clinician, I think there are two groups of people um, as they get aged: those who are already in long-term relationships, and those who are not necessarily. And the sex and ideas about sex seem to be different. Now, let me just say, I have friends who are in long-term relationships with people, and one of the things that happens I have seen, especially with the women, is their partners stop being able to perform. So all of a sudden they're finding themselves in a relationship where I love this person, but the sex sucks. Do you see a lot of people like that? Well, you know, I see a, a huge transition at age 40 for men. Um, and many men don't realize that their sexual response is no longer going to be like a light bulb, but it's going to be more like an iron. And, of course, our sexual response as women has always been more like an iron. 
So if they can communicate with their partner, if they can um, take more time for the, uh, the warm-up part of the sexual experience, they're going to be fine. Um, when I was preparing for this, I was planning to talk about Viagra and the sexual revolution, but I pulled down my 1982 copy of Masters and Johnson on Sex and Human Loving, and I was reminded that seniors have never stopped having sex. That's um, true. <laughs> they, um, you know, young people have always thought that sex was for the young, the healthy, and the attractive, but seniors have never. I mean, they maybe haven't splashed it around, but they have always known that they needed intimacy, excitement, and pleasure, and they have found a way, ways and ways to get it. Yes. Now, one thing that you said in your um, response when we were talking about this is there was one woman that you know that found that the worst part of talking about the Monica Lewinsky situation was explaining it to her mother. What what do you mean by that? Well, uh, it's not necessarily true that, you know, women that are 70, 80, 90 um, think about sex in other than the missionary position. So they wouldn't really have a context for that cigar that that made so much trouble. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, there were some things that went on between those two that um, would be outside the the experience of um, maybe people that are above 70. So what, what you're pointing out is that there are, are there are you saying that there are generational differences at this point in time in, in the sexual acts that people participate in on a regular basis? Yes. Although... I have to say that um, loving couples, committed loving couples, um, figure out these other behaviors on their own without anybody's help whatsoever. So, um, and you know, it's it's in the news. We read about it. Um, there's a greater awareness of of the variety of sexual experience. And I agree with uh, both of the um, the ladies that we we've heard already today. And I'm just going to put it in some different terms. But the skin is now and always has been the largest sexual organ that we have. And um, touch is what what we desire. And you know, men as their bodies change, um, as their sexual response changes a little. Um, they they get, start to get that, and so as uh, Joan said, um, for the first time, men and women are on on the same page about what's what's the right thing to do. So, but let me let me just ask. I started off by saying, <clears throat> I I know people who are in relationships where they want to be more sexually active or have the capacity to be more sexually active and a desire to be more sexually active than the people that they are in long-term relationships with. What do you say to women like that? What do you recommend for women like that? They feel like 
I don't want to leave this person, but oh my God, my I, I, am I supposed to live like this forever with just subpar sex? It's not satisfying to me. I feel like I want more and better. What do I do? Well, you know, the the greatest um, honor and privilege that I have is helping people get their sex lives back. Um, almost always in a case like that, um, at least for the other male partner, um, the sexual response has gotten rusty. Well, you just have to knock off all the rust. Um, he remembers being a young, vital man, and he can be a vital partner. Is his erection going to be as firm as it was when he was younger? No. Um, um, is, is, are her breasts going to swell during the sexual response cycle? No. Okay? There's, there's subtle changes, but um, there's, there's the potential for um, fabulous um, interchange. Um, he'll probably have a much longer time that he can participate in intercourse, and she may never have seen that before in their relationship. So that may be good news for her. But So I would get them into sex therapy and have them start communicating, talking to one another, doing their homework assignments, and um, really, they can get it back. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, um, okay. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I think that, we, let, let me just tell you, here lies the issue of maybe, you know, people like Hattie and Joan could talk about this a little bit more, but you get people who, let's say, if you're married, maybe that's the answer. Um, for people that I know who are not married, who ha- who have decided to um, see multiple partners, it's sort of like, Okay, well, I'll hang out with this guy, but when I want to have good sex, I'm hanging out with the with the boy toy. <laughs> um, do you see Do you see women like that more today? I don't, and I'm not sure that I would work with somebody like that. Um, you know, I I work with committed couples, and you know that there's a lot of ways that can look, but I work with committed couples. So what you're saying, if you have somebody who's staying in a primary relationship and is deciding that they have somebody on the side, that means they're not in a committed couple? They have to be right. sexually, you're saying they have to be sexually exclusive for you to be, if you feel like you can work with them. It's not an yeah, option that, for them not that's to be me. That's me. It's okay with me if somebody else wants to work with a scenario that you described, but it's not, it's not how I work. Sure. Understood. Everybody has a different area of expertise, and that's why we talk about wellness for the real world. So, Dr. Delaney, if people want to find out where to find you, where do they find you? DrSusanDelaney.com. Beautiful. Wonderful. Why, thank you for being on. I have these people who are recurring because they have multiple areas of expertise. And Dr. Delaney was on our Arizona shooting show um, talking about um, the problems in our system that do not help identify people who have mental illness. I remember that discussion well because mm-hmm. it was just shocking because at me as a physician with a, with a background in psychology looked at this person who was obviously very mentally ill 
mm-hmm. and it was made into a political issue. So we had an interesting discussion about that. So people who are interested in what is going on in America and the mental health system, you want to listen to that show on Wellness for the Real World on the Arizona shootings, and you'll hear a very different conversation from that um, with Dr. Susan Delaney. So Dr. Delaney, thank you very much. Thank you so much for inviting me again. I'll talk to you again someday. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Doc Russell, we have next. (laughs) You know, I'd like to take this minute to share a little story with you. Um, Veronica has heard this story, but I'm still, I still kind of can't get over it. Um, My father, well, well, I've just entered my 50s, much to my, much to my surprise um, and and shock. And uh, my father is about to turn 90 in a month or so. Um, He's an old man. He walks on a walker. He shuffles along. He's completely hunched over, etc. And um, I was visiting him not too long ago, and he mentioned to me that he has a collection of pornography that he likes to watch. And I was kind of speechless at this. And he, he was, he was, you know, when I asked him a couple questions about this, and and um, he said, oh, yes, oh, yes. And uh, he used to sit and watch it with his girlfriend of about the last 10 or 12 years, um, and they would sit and enjoy it together. And he said, would I like to see it? Uh, or, no, he said he'd show it to me. And... I was just, that was like too much for me. I thought, oh, my God, I can't possibly sit and look at porn with my father. Um, But it turned out he didn't mean that. It turned out he just wanted to show me that he possessed these discs, you know. And he also (laughs) told me that back when my mother was still alive, which was like 15 years ago, um, he approached her with some of this stuff then. And it was just, you know, a VCR tape back then. But... um, her reaction was, oh, very different. She just completely freaked out. This was not, my mother was brought up to be a good girl, and she certainly was not brought up about anything like that. And he said he came home the next day, and she had taken that video cassette, and she had smashed the plastic case and spread the tape, stretched the tape out all over the bedroom in the hall. <laughs> wow. So I just wanted to say I have no information on the quality of my father's erection at this point in time, but I I was kind of half horrified and half very encouraged to see that he still has some kind of sexual life at this point. You know? Yes. Yeah. Well, I I, yeah. I think that what that illustrates is that the interest in sex, I think, a lot of times doesn't go away. Um, I think the opportunity to have it goes away a lot of the time, but the interest yeah. remains for a lot of people. But I, I think we also have some other people who are called in, and Russell can say we yeah, we do. later on, who basically decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm just tired of dealing with having sex, and so we've moved in a different way. We've talked to people thus far, a lot of who are saying, Sex is great, but there are some people who have said, you know what, I'm winding down and it's not worth all the hassle. So we'll hear a little of that, too. Um, Russell, who else do we have? Well, before then, let's hear from our next guest, Dr. Michael Nucitelli, who uh, is hails from upstate New York. He's a licensed psychologist and uh 
also uh, is involved with uh, some natural male enhancement supplements. Are you there with us, Michael? Uh, yes, I am. Good evening. Hi, Michael. How Welcome. are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, now, here's what I hear that, that is interesting to me, not, not that you don't have several things that are interesting, but your article, Tips for Arousal for Older Adults, and in addition, also having ideas about natural ways to enhance um, sexuality. Yeah. Well, I can answer that right now, and unfortunately, um, I, I wish I had more time. But number two in the tips that I talk about, uh, it's called Hattitude. <laughs> Hattie talked about that this evening, and wow. I've never heard that term. And I was very impressed, and uh, I enjoyed listening to her. But that is of the top ten tips for, you know, baby boomers and, you know, sexuality is tip number two. It's all about attitude, and she calls it attitude. And uh, it's exactly uh, what I was talking about, what I've researched, uh, what I've dealt with with older people as a psychologist. And uh, attitude is everything. And she hit the nail right on the head. So... Well, the, so the number one issue that you see in sexuality in older adults when there's a problem is more attitude than anything else? Ab above all, I mean, attitude, um, you know, emotional maturity, the psychological factors, and it's whatever age bracket, whatever, you know, how old you are, uh, one psychology, the way they view sex, the way they treat a partner, all comes into play, not only with attracting and arousing another person, but their own self-confidence, their own ego and self-esteem. It all plays a role. Okay. Now, let me ask a question. We had Dr. Delaney on, and she says, I only work with committed couples, and that's her choice. But the other reality that you're saying is 50% of all people over 65 are single. A lot of them choose not necessarily to marry or get into another committed relationship, and there's lots of reasons that people who are older don't do that. Do you work with people who are not in committed relationships? Yes, and I, and this goes back years ago. I mean, uh, I'm 46, so when we get, we talk about baby boomers, I'm the last year of the baby boomers. But when I was actively practicing, I worked with plenty of older adults, and, uh, you know, a, a percentage of them were senior citizens. And, you know, part of all of the therapy I've done, sexuality is always discussed and, and naturally talked about it with older adults. And many of what your guests talked about this evening, particularly around the attitude of, and you even mentioned this, Doctor, about feeling asexual as we age. And it's truly unfortunate because, yes, the physiological mechanics change, uh, such as, you know, uh, a lower level of lubrication, uh, difficulty in obtaining and sustaining an erection. Uh, those are all real physiological things that occur. But the desire, the thoughts, the patterns, they all stay. But because of society and because of, and I, and I don't know because I'm not a philosopher, but unfortunately is as people age, they get this mentality that kind of like they're not supposed to be having sex. And, mm. it's, and it's unfortunate because they, they have the desire. It's there. I mean, I've been told that it's there. And when I listen to uh, Hattie, uh, what she talks about this evening, I mean, that just proves it times 15,000. <laughs> yes, but I mean, let, let me just ask again because 
I think there, let me reiterate, there's a lot of people who are 65 and single or older and are not in committed relationships. And, the, and when, what do you tell those type of people? Because the desire for sex, sexuality, and intimacy do not go away, and there's not always opportunity and availability for a committed relationship. So what do we tell these people? And for women especially, as the men tend to die off earlier, unfortunately, there's less availability of a monogamous committed relationship. So right. and then, what, do you, what do you do and tell people? Because I'm, I'm about giving people alternatives, and if I feel like sure. I'm over 65, there's not a lot of men that are available, I, I really don't choose to be a cougar type because just for some, I, that's not my choice. There's men who are around, but if I have to have a committed relationship, I'm never going to have sex again. That could be, to me, very depressing. Yes, and and you speak to tip number eight that I write about, uh, single and sexual. And once again, not to sound like a shrink or a psychologist, but I do believe that, you know, 95% of sexuality is psychological or mental. And to be single and sexual, which is a reality for people that are 65 and older, it's it's an attitude. It's a belief that it's okay that if you're not in a committed relationship, it's okay to sexually fantasize. It's okay to engage in uh, sex with people that you that you care about, and uh, it, it's that psychology that it's okay. Uh, most people that are 65 and older, uh, if we look at sociological issues when they were, you know, going through development. Many of them, if not most of them, were taught that you have to be in a committed relationship. You have to be, you know, and depending on their religious dogma, you have to either be married, you have to, you know, be, you know, engaged in order to engage in sex. But that's not the reality, particularly since that more than half of the people that are 65 and older are single. Hmm. Yeah. It's just I, Veronica, I think people, yes, go ahead, Russell. Veronica, let me just jump in here real quick and and say to our other callers that we have a lot of people to speak tonight, so we've decided to extend to 90 minutes. So please stay with us, everybody. We'd love to hear Uh, from you. I forgot. I meant to say that right in the beginning because Russell and I talked and said we need more time (laughs) because we have a lot of interest. This is a hot topic, so yes. So I just want to – I like to compare and contrast people. I think that if you're having sexual issues, one of the – one of the issues that I want to point out, the topics I want to point out is that you need to find the right person to work with. And so there are many professionals out there who can guide you in your sexuality, and you need to find one that's going to be the right one for you, which is why there are thousands and thousands of professionals out there. If you have the viewpoint of I only want to deal with being in a committed relationship, there's people out there like Dr. Lilani, and that's what she works with, and that's what she's best to work with, her area of expertise. But there are all these people out there, people out there also like Dr. Nucitelli, who say I'm going to work with people who are not because the reality is, guess what, I'm going to be working with more people because more people are single over 65 that are, are married and in a committed relationship. Just because, I mean, just the demographics. The demographics of it are, are skewed, especially for women, especially for women. Um, and so I don't want people to think that, you know, you get somebody like Hattie who's young and vital and thinks, okay, i got to find somebody i got to marry, 
or otherwise I'm not going to have, ever have sex again. And that's depressing and miserable. I think a lot of people get end up with, you know, widowed or divorced and feel like my life is over sexually because this is the, if that's the only option they're willing to entertain is a truly committed relationship. So there are other options out there. If you feel that that's the way your spirit leads you, you only can do it in a committed relationship, more power to you. Now, the rest of us out there are going to have a good old time and won't have all your sex that you're not having. (laughs) Dr. Veronica will do it for you. (laughs) Okay. But um, Dr. Nuccitelli, natural ways to enhance your sexuality, can you give us some hints on that? Well, the the natural ways, depending on the individual. So let's say that, uh, you know, Dr. Bar, well, you're a doctor, an MD. So if we're going outside of pharmaceuticals, particularly for males such as Cialis, Viagra, Levitra, there is a huge market of what's called nutraceuticals, which are natural supplements. And that certainly it's a multi-billion dollar industry. I'm a a consultant for one. I help them, you know, devise educational uh, articles and information for their websites. But what it comes down to is a willingness to investigate those natural supplements that are out there. Um, Some of the most common ones that people have heard about, um, and you don't have to be a nutritionist or a a naturopath, would be like ginseng and uh, L-arginine. Those are just two that are very common, but it's it's actually taking the time, and uh, you know, being an older adult, whether you sit at the uh, you know sit at the uh, the computer or speak to your pharmacist or friends and family, it's being willing to ask about that. And one really important point, Doctor, is that, and you were talking about it just a couple of minutes ago. What I'd like to add is that it is vital not only for the senior citizen but anybody to feel comfortable enough to talk to your doctor. Um, you're correct. I mean, there are plenty of people out there, professionals, but unfortunately so many people are embarrassed, ashamed, and they can't even, and I hate to, they, they, they can't pull the trigger and go talk to somebody professional about a sexual issue. And that's the first step is the willingness to even do that. So... I want to reiterate after saying that there are so many people out there who are trained and qualified to help you with this part of your life and lots of parts of your life who want to do it. The the trick or the strategy is to find the right person for you. Um, Maybe you can give us some hints on how to do that because guess what? Um, if I go to you and I'm somebody who believes in, I'm, I have a more conservative viewpoint, and I go to Dr. Shelley <coughs> that says, go wild, go crazy, and this doesn't matter. I'm not saying this is what you say. Um, I might be turned off by you, and that's it. Whereas if I'm somebody who I'm single and I want to enjoy my sex life, but I'm not particularly wild about getting married, and I end up in Dr. Delaney's office, it might be equally as uncomfortable. Can you give us some strategies to find the right professional? Because this Very is not just going to go for this, but how do you find the right professional that's going to have the way that's going to be able to guide you for your different lifestyle? Because there are all different views and there are different ways to live life. Dr. Delaney, her way is right for her. Dr. Nutitelli's way is right for him. How do we find the one that's right for us? 
Well, the way to do that, it's just like when you go grocery shopping and you, you know, you squeeze and feel the tomatoes or the oranges or whatever you're shopping for. You do, you know, brand shopping. It's the same thing when you're looking for a pro- professional. So step one is the willingness to seek out a professional. And then two, once you're willing to do that, you've made that decision, is then the next step is to talk to friends, family. Uh, If you're religious, maybe speak to your pastor, your priest, your reverend, um, and do a little research. And then the step after that would be is get your top three or four and be willing to go meet those individuals. And if you don't like the the medical doctor or the psychologist or the sex therapist, after a session or two, be willing to say thank you, but uh, I don't think this is a good fit, and then move to the next. But what I have found in my experience, particularly from private practice, is that as people age, uh, sexual issues become more difficult to talk about because of that societal uh, distortion that older people are not al- almost not allowed to even discuss sexuality, and as people age, they start to portray that, and they don't have to. Mm, interesting. And it's, yeah. it's such an important thing that, you know. Well, I, I think that the reason why we're having a conversation here is so that people who may be having the trouble having the conversation can hear some of this information and feel more confident that there are people out there who can help them. And this is a conversation that a lot of people are having. So just like we mentioned earlier in the show, and I'll go back in the end and mention some of these blogs that people can go look at, today is the day where you can get a lot of information from the privacy of your own home. And um, I work to package things so that people can get some private information in their own home uh, that's good information, but also realize there are several different points of view about issues. So, Dr. Nutitelli, I want to thank you for being on Wellness for the Real World. And if you can hang around with us, that's great. And I'm going to have Russell. Oh, Dr. Nutitelli, if people want to get in contact with you, where should they go? Uh, best way, well, because I'm a forensic psychologist and this isn't a forensic show, uh, best way to reach me would be uh, Dr. Nooch at Hotmail.com. Well, thank you for that. Just because a lot of times people, I, I've had guests on the show and I have a guest that's coming up who later on I called and said, I have a person having an issue, can they contact you? And they've been so nice to say, yes, this is what I do, okay? And um Hopefully that gentleman will talk about that again, and he wants to be contacted. I try to get people on who want to be contacted and want to be resources. So people, if you go on my website or anything like that and send me a note or my askadrveronica.com, I heard this guest, how can I get in touch with him, I can't find it, then go on and do that, and we will try to get you in touch with the right people. So, Russell? Yes. Our next guest uh, is a woman who also happens to be 74 years old. She is an age transition specialist, and her name is Patricia Weaver. Are you there, Patricia? I am. What a great show. My gosh. I've I've got about five pages of notes here myself. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Welcome, Patricia. Tell me what is Thank you, Veronica. Thank you. What is an age transition specialist? I work uh, primarily with people, say, in that 50 and up category. And what seems to happen to people many times 
it may be a situational thing where there's been a, a loss of a spouse or a health issue or something that you could point to outside of yourself. But many times, you'll you'll hit a snag in your life, and it's usually when you turn 50 or you turn 60 or you turn 70. That's where it kind of hit me. Uh, and your life changes. Uh, you don't know quite who you are anymore. Uh, you know, we used, we used to think that self-confidence was accumulative. Well, it's not. You know, you, you just can be thrown into a whole different kind of feeling about yourself. And it's it's an age thing. You're, you're thinking about, you know, look, I'm, I'm three-fourths three of the way through this. Uh, I really want to do what I want to do, and I really want to have a good life. And how do I do that? Uh, what are some strategies? What are some solutions? What are some things that can bring a fullness and joy to my life again? It, it, hap- it happens to just about everybody I've ever met. There's some point where you reach where you'll hit you'll hit that that button, and uh, maybe nothing has happened. Just all of a sudden, uh, as I say, it happened to me when I w- just turned uh, seventy. I, I was sixty nine, and I thought. Wow, I, you know, I just began to feel different about myself, um, lack of vitality, uh, everything changed. I had to really regenerate myself, and that's kind of what the Age Transition uh, series is about and what I speak about and what I coach about. Um, oh, okay. And it, it happens to all of us. It's it's part of aging. It's part of learning. It's part of uh, becoming uh, happier and joyful as as we get older. And and one of the things you're talking about that keeps us joyful and happy is sexual activity uh, of the many varieties that are available. So now I want to just mention to everybody as we're still talking. Patricia has a website, patriciaweaver.net. And yes, go there. She has a lot of information on that website. And let, let's talk about some of the things that you, you spoke about. You talked about the different positions of having sex and how older ladies' faces don't hold up well in some of those positions. Well, I, found, I, found, I became a lighting expert immediately. <laughs> I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> I have a few a few little bumps and uh you know a little less collagen in my in my face and I I haven't gone through the uh Restylane program as yet. Um but you know on being on top uh, you get a little facial distortion there which you know if you're a little bit sensitive about your body uh you know it, that might be the time when the candlelight might be the thing that you that you go to or a softer lighting. Uh as I say, I, I I'm a lighting expert, uh, as far as that goes. And and people do feel that about their bodies and men the same way. Uh they seem to feel that uh uh, may I say also, um, I want to speak to older men because one of the best sexual relationships that I have ever had, I had a two-year relationship just recently uh, with a man that was six months younger than I was. That's one of the best sexual relationships I ever had. So, you know, you just can't tell. And I've also had a sexual relationship with a man 20, year, uh, 20 years younger than I am. Um, so, so, sex was I good. Mean, I, I want to yeah. say, well, for us women, we joke about the cougars and boy toys and things like that. But yeah, I don't know what you I call really a 74-year-old person. <laughs> is that a cougar? 
Well, I guess cougar, boy toy, babe, whatever you want to call it. But I, yeah. I also believe that, first of all, if if I'm one of those people that I believe that the soul is eternal, and so if you have somebody with a, a yes. bit of an age difference, it probably really doesn't make that big of a difference. I exactly. think soul, souls may be younger or older, and when we're talking about where we are in this realm, then a lot of times these years we're talking about aren't aren't a big deal. Um, no. But I also think, you know, after choking aside about, you know, I like to be a cougar and all that, I also think that it depends on the man, it depends on the woman. Everybody likes different things. And certainly men who are older can be vital and pleasing and everything else, can keep themselves in good shape. And there are a lot of women who are older who do not. And I've had men complain about women who are their age and don't want to date women who are their age because of the same reason that things that I'm complaining about. So what people need to do is find a kindred spirit. When you talk about kindred spirits, you're trying to find somebody that your souls are are matching together. And that doesn't have something to do with our age in this lifetime, I believe. So what you need to do is find a kindred spirit that has – a, a similar vision and that you have for life, a similar vision of what you find joyful and what's going to enhance fun. your life. Exactly. Okay. So, um, for me, uh, to a man from me, which I am looking for a man, and I would like to be in a committed relationship, and I would like to get married again. I enjoyed being married. Uh, but I'm looking for the same type of man that I looked for when I was, you know, 25 and 30, and I need somebody that is interesting, that is fun, that is involved with life, that is intelligent, that has a spiritual quality to them, wants to do new things, is sensual. You know, that's the kindred spirit part. Um, I have the same, that's my same list that I have now. And every once in a while, I'll meet somebody like that that may be older. They may be a little bit younger than I am. But uh, every once in a while, there is somebody that just has that vitality and has that sexual drive where they they want to have fun in bed. And uh, that, you know, shoot, you, you just need to regenerate yourself. You have to exercise. You have to take care of yourself. For women, it's critical uh, young people, you can wear a newspaper and look great. You know, it doesn't make any difference. But <laughs> after 50, you have to exercise. It's critical. It's critical about, to, to your good health. exercising your sex organs. Women, you need to know about those Kegel exercises, K-E-G-E-L. Absolutely. That's when you are you got flexing it. your muscles. That when you are, when you're going to the bathroom and you're peeing and you can stop the pee in midstream, that muscle is the muscle that you want to work. And so you can just sit that's right in your chair and exercise these muscles. You don't have to go to the gym. And one of the things that you want to do to prevent incontinence, but also to there it be is. Yep. firm for sexual acts is to do these Kegel exercises. But guess what? The men have the same muscle and can do the exercises too. So that muscle that and it feels good. the start and stop, the P-stream, is a very important yep. muscle in for sexual acts. And so I recommend that people do, you know, every time you think about it, do five of them every day. You say, oh, I Kegel, do it. And nobody needs to know that you're doing it, and you'll be saying, well, I'm getting my exercise. 
I'd say it's probably better not to go to the gym to do those exercises, wouldn't you say, Veronica? Well, <laughs> well nobody sees it. <laughs> it's, it's a totally <laughs> internal thing. <laughs> well, well, one of the in fact, that may be the place to go. <laughs> Patricia, you always say closeness and intimacy are better than a multivitamin. You Closeness bet. and intimacy are better than a multivitamin. And oh, a, as oh, I you mentioned, bet. in the beginning, Methuselah lived to 969 because he was having I sex. Know. So, yes, I mean, people, if you think you need a multivitamin, throw them away and start having sex, and you'll realize that you'll live long. And if you read longevity books and studies, one of the things that yes. you find is that people who have vital sex lives do live longer. So if you're if you're well, a you know, you citizen just, you just look- and you want to not die off soon because you're looking at your the ends of your life, start having more sex. <laughs> Well, my mother is 93. Now, she's a widow, and she is not involved sexually, and she's cute as she can be. Uh, she's healthy. <laughs> you know, she's out there doing things. So I'm probably going to be around a long damn time. So my thought is to keep myself in the best possible health with the best possible attitude toward everything, and that includes sexuality. Um, and I just... I'm a sensual person. I like beautiful fabrics. I, I like to be out in nature and oh, and like to it. see the ocean and see the mountains. And all that has kind of a sen- sensual input to me. And if people just kind of take in the world and take in how beautiful people are and how much fun people are, you become a, a sexual person. It may not be that you're going to get in bed with that person. I'm not a person that, that does sex as a sport you know that's that's kind of not my my way of doing it i've left off the second part of that sport um uh, comment there but uh i i just i uh they're just you have to you have to stay you have to stay with it as far as your own mind and also you lose touch with your body you don't know what's happening with your body if you're in touch with your body, if something goes wrong, you can go to the doctor. You can take care of it. If you if you've checked out from the nose down, many times you may not pick up things that are going wrong with your take care of. That that's a real important thing to be sexual, to yeah. be in touch with your body and yeah. to feel good about yourself. You I know, agree. forget the self-love stuff. Um I like the word self-appreciation. Just really appreciate who you are as a person. There's tantra sex. There's all types of sexual activity that you can have at any level uh, that you may need to uh, accommodate whatever your particular physical situation is. Um, I'm for people having as much fun as much joy and as much fulfillment as they can have in their life as long as possible. And whatever those components are, do those. I agree. So this Patricia, PatriciaWeaver.net is where you find her. Um, Age transition specialist. She can help you when you get to a certain point in life and you're trying to figure out, huh, all of a sudden I feel lost and I'm not quite sure what to do and where to go. Go to PatriciaWeaver.net. Remember, I want to give you... And intimacy are better than a multivitamin. Patricia, one more word, and then i got to get to my favorite rabbi, 
<laughs> okay, before the favorite, uh, favorite rabbi, let me give you one other uh, email address, and that's patriciaweaver70 at comcast.net, and they can reach me there uh, very easily. And I would love to talk to people of any age, and I hope that many, many people feel good about uh, themselves and continue to really uh, – enjoy life to its fullest. It's here for all of us. And thank you so much for having me on the show. What a great show. Thank you. This is fun and this is very inspiring. And I'm leaving on the end for my one, my favorite rabbi, okay? Do we have our favorite rabbi with us, Russell? Uh, yes, we do. It's our friend Rabbi Ed, who's also a gerontologist and has written the book, Conquer Prostate Cancer, How Medicine, Faith, Love, and Sex Can Renew Your Life. Yes. Welcome back, Rabbi Ed. Thank you, Dr. Veronica. How have you been? I'm I'm so good. And uh, Rabbi Ed, like, reminded me that this was his primary profession was gerontology, which which is basically the study of aging. And Rabbi Ed, I want everybody to know, first appeared on my show, The Viagra Monologues, and we were talking about male sexuality, the use of Viagra, um, men who've had medical challenges, including prostate cancer. Rabbi Ed has a wonderful website, Conquer Prostate Cancer Now. Is that correct? Or simply ConquerProstateCancer.com. ConquerProstateCancer.com. Um, and Rabbi Ed is a wonderful resource for anybody who finds themselves with the challenge of prostate cancer. Rabbi Ed will answer questions for you that you may feel like the doctor didn't answer. That's what he's there for, to help you get through it. And Rabbi Ed shares with us that he has been through prostate cancer, so not only is he an expert on aging, he knows what it feels like. He knows what the fear feels like. He knows what having challenges with your sexuality feel like based on the medical problems, having to communicate with your partner, but also because Rabbi Ed has been a rabbi in the synagogue, he's also done a lot of counseling of couples, which you all always end up counseling people about their sex lives. So, Rabbi Ed, I appreciate you coming on the show, and I'm going to just ask you, after listening to everybody, what are some of the um, highlights of what you're thinking that you would like to share with our audience? Anything that we're missing or um, areas that you think people need to be thinking about in sex and sexuality in the senior years? Uh, there's so much to be said, and I, it has been an excellent show with lots of information. Uh, I, I will want to point out a couple of sociological, theological, and gerontological things, if I may. Uh, sure. In whatever few minutes are left, uh, uh, first of all, uh, the disparity, uh, as you put it, uh, Dr. Veronica, of lack of availability, which means in real statistics, 80% of men in the United States have a spouse or partner, but only 40% of women do, creates a lot of sexual uh, difficulties, uh, more for the women than for men. Uh, the lack of available good men is uh, of their age, very often is what propels women, apart from just liking younger men, to seek uh, people who are younger. And I think that's very valid. You and I had a discussion that uh, is 
only an aging norm in this country and an unfortunate one that says, well, men can date young women, but women can't date younger men. That's craziness. That's just a cultural expectation which nobody has to live up to. And I'm so happy that I've heard some of your guests talk about dating younger men, whether it's five years, ten years, or 20 years younger. It doesn't matter to me. So that's one very important thing to remember that we're fighting a battle with our own cultural expectations and we are individuals who have every right to circumvent it, to get around those kind of expectations and do what we feel is best for ourselves within the realm of law-abiding and whatever else people want to know about. Okay. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. That's, that's a sociological. So right. you, you recommend that people, let me just say it, by any means necessary, do what they, not by any means necessary totally, but within the law and everything like that, do what they have to do to seek the intimacy that they need. Is that right. what you're saying? No. Because of exactly. the sociology that you point out, the statistics, I want to I highlight those again. 80% of men have partners. Only 40% exactly. of women have partners. Partners. Now, let right. me just ask, is that a statistic for people 65 or older, or are you talking a statistic for the whole population? That's for the whole population, and it's largely because the older segment – uh, men die on average eight years before women. The life expectancy now for men is 78, for women is 83. Uh, but, I mean, you can just go to any nursing home, for example, when you have the ill elderly, and most elderly are well elderly. I don't want to have a stereotype here. And you'll see most of the people there are women. They outla- uh, women, even when they're ill, outlive the men. Uh, and this is what has caused a large, a large, to a large extent, has caused such a disparity. Got it. Okay. So we have to realize that there's things happening in the population beyond what 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 I'll say right now is beyond the control of the individuals in the population that are causing more sure. women to not have partners that are age matched. Correct. Fair enough. And, okay. Exactly. Now, uh, here's another. Uh, I guess you could call it psychological issue. Uh, a lot of people uh, identify intimacy with uh, with sex. You know. We, Oh, they're intimate together, meaning they have sex together. Uh, that's a double whammy, unfortunately, because intimacy and sex are not the same. In fact, intimacy and sexuality are not the same. Intimacy is a far broader category, which can include the physical aspects that we call sexuality or sexual intimacy. Uh, but intimacy, you can be very intimate with somebody, buddy-buddy, uh, see eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart, uh, and never have a sexual relationship. That's intimate. That's bonding together. Uh, the best kind of sexual or sexuality uh, is one that involves two people who are truly intimate, that is to say have a full awareness of each other, even though life requires us to keep learning about each other, as someone pointed out earlier in your show. Uh, I want to make that distinction because all of us need intimacy and deserve it and should seek it, uh, many of us who may be reluctant to find uh, or, just, or just simply unable to find sexual intimacy uh, will certainly be able to find avenues for generalized intimacy, be it emotional, spiritual, sociological, uh, associations, churches, synagogues, whatever it is you belong to, you need never be alone. You need to have that sense of not being alone and being able to bond with others. Sexual intimacy, as I indicated a moment ago, is... Uh, the acme in our minds for most people except for those who decided no it's not and we have to let people who decide it's not have their point of view because that's a legitimate point of view as well got it 
Um, as far as intimacy is concerned, how when people want to seek it, can you give them some strategies for seeking in intimacy, both sexual and non-sexual in intimacy? Oh, sure. I, I have a, a my list of ten, but I'll just uh, <laughs> have, uh, talk about three. I, I don't know if you are aware, but I'm also a healthcare educator and an intimacy coach. Uh, no. My latest <laughs> emphasis. So I've, I've loaded up the program here, I guess, toward the end in the few minutes I have. First of all, people, uh, when it comes to sexual intimacy, uh, should make a basic decision. And I say this for seniors and I say this for younger people who perhaps are not as mature, not have seen as much of life as older folks, uh, although there's some young people who are mature and some older folks who are not, so I don't want to make that stereotype stick. Uh, but what you all have to decide is not uh, to have sex as much as make love. You know that old expression, make love, not war? It's yeah. more important to have the uh, overriding view of making love rather than having sex as the, as the core of your sexual relationship. Well, putting it differently, having sex, meaning to have intercourse, is not the end goal. It's not the end goal. It is a vehicle uh, for making love, along with doing what your, one of your other speakers so rightly said, is uh, being fully aware, for example, that your skin is your largest sexual organ. Uh, I, for example, in my own personal life, have, have discovered because of my prostate cancer and now almost four years of semi-erectile dysfunction, that my wife's skin is far more beautiful than I ever remembered. Uh, my tactile <laughs> senses, my tactile senses have improved tenfold since other areas have been, uh, let's say, uh, other areas of activity have decreased. Uh, making love then can be directed, uh, channeled through all kinds of means, other than. Uh, intercourse, and that's what uh, at least two or three of your speakers have been saying, and that's so important to recognize. Uh, I, I'll give you one quick example. Uh, I'm not sure I mentioned it on your show, but I, I had some good friends years ago uh, who uh, both were divorced and they married each other uh, and had a wonderful rapport, and I remarked upon it when I was alone with the gentleman, and, and I said, hey, you guys are terrific. You're such a cute couple. I'm so happy for you. And he said, yeah, you know what the best part is? And this is when he was alone with me. I said, what is that? He says, every night we give each other a full body massage. I said, dressed or naked, as if I didn't know. And he said, no, without clothes usually. I said, it's so satisfying that you don't even need intercourse. He said, as a matter of fact, that's exactly right. Even though we do get together and have sex, by the time we do, after that wonderful mutual massage, having sex is anticlimactic. Hmm, interesting. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Now, let me just say. Words. The climax is anticlimactic. I thought it was fabulous because that's exactly what the insight I'm trying to share as the first thing, an attitude, as someone would say, or a point of view. Now, you've got to schedule time to rev up your romance. I'm going a little fast because time's running out, you know. Uh, you know, it's, it's, scheduling yourself uh, is hard. So you've got to literally start dating each other the way it was BC, which stands for before children. Uh, and uh, if you're an older couple, you have that empty nest, which is not such a terrible thing, even though there's that uh, usual association, the negative. In fact, it's a big positive for many seniors to have empty nest syndrome. If the kids would only leave them alone now that they're adults, you know, that's another problem. 
And then, uh, as I said before, focusing on different uh, body sensations, not only touch, but but also cuddling, uh, kissing, and trust me, uh, my best advice to men and women is don't just give each other a little nibble when you kiss. Try kissing. Here's a good exercise. Try kissing each other on the mouth, if, if it's your, the love of your life, for, say, five minutes. Next time, ten minutes. Next time, 15 minutes, preferably when you're lying in bed so you don't get exhausted, okay? <laughs> and you will discover something incredible. Just kissing deeply uh, or just kissing on the cheek and back and whatever parts of the body you choose, uh, the most intimate parts or not, doesn't matter. But that is such a turn-on for those who think they've lost that, uh, that passion, so kiss passionately and watch a hot movie together, at least if it's erotic. I'm not sure about the pornographic, cause not because I'm a morally, I don't think it's a moral problem uh, watching not that hot stuff, which is, is just hardcore pornography. I just think it's, it's dumb. They're terrible actors, uh, all of them. Uh, and it's so uh, set up and also it's, it's triggered to make you feel bad about your own body type because these are perfect, perfectly shaped human beings. But erotica is different. That's what, what I would think is far more appealing. And there's so much in the world, either films or readings, uh, beautiful photos, that can also get you in the mood. And I would say finally, as someone else did, develop a healthy lifestyle. Make sure you do exercise regularly, Kegel and onward, and in outside the gym, walk, whatever it is, and do it together. Do it together. Avoid the alcohol. You know, that can mess you up, too. Even slight, even a small amount of alcohol can get, get you going in the wrong direction. But uh, do what you got to do to stay in health physically. You will not only be doing yourself a favor, you'll be doing your mate a favor as well. Yes. Now, we are in the last minute of the show. I wanted to hear... Rabbi Ed, give his advice. But I want to thank all our guests who've been on Wellness for the Real World. It was a delightful show. I wanted to finish up with Rabbi Ed, who I knew would give us great advice. But join us. I can't even remember what we're doing next week, but you know we're always going to have something different and exciting. ADD. Next week we'll be doing ADD. Natural ways to manage ADD is what we're going to do. Attention Deficit Disorder. This is for adults and children. So... Visit my website, drveronica.com. Ask me questions on askadrveronica.com. Visit me on Facebook and become a fan, Dr. Veronica Anderson. And Twitter, Dr. Veronica IMD. Wellness for the real world. This is Dr. Veronica. I love you all. Thank you for giving us hope, seniors, Dr. Ed. Everybody, wellness for the real world. Thanks, Russell. I love you, Russell. <laughs> Bye, Veronica. <laughs> <laughs>